0: Welcome to the eCommerce Fuel Podcast, the show dedicated to helping high six and seven figure entrepreneurs build amazing online companies and incredible lives. I'm your host and fellow e-commerce entrepreneur, Andrew Udari. A quick note before we get started, this episode is one in a series that I recorded live and unfortunately I had a few settings wrong and the, the audio is not perfect. I still wanted to share it with you, but I want to apologize for the audio quality and uh, We'll do our best to make sure it doesn't happen again. All right, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the E-Commerce Group Podcast live from Fripp Island, where we're having a great weekend of talking shop. E-commerce and just having a good time. I'm joined by Bill D'Alessandro, who is kind enough to be our host. Bill, how you doing? Doing very well. We're uh, cracking some new Belgiums and a little bit of daytime drinking and some podcasting. <laughs> so I'm loving it. Having a beer and talking on the podcast and also joined by Zach Cantor. He is an e-commerce extraordinary man behind Proforged. He's on Twitter and a futurist and a fellow uh, fellow robot. So Zach, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'd like to point out that it
1: is uh, Wednesday, not the weekend.
2: When <laughs> like you're in e-commerce, it doesn't really matter, does
1: it? <laughs> Which I think is perfect,
0: yeah. Oh, man, yes. We'll see how this goes. Um, but today, I wanted to talk about routines because like, Zach, you and I went on a run the other day and started talking about it. And it's, it's an interesting... Everyone has routines, either good ones or bad ones. And wanted to talk about what some of our are our, our routines are for better for worse and how you could build a good one don't want to be preachy bill you were saying that like there's so many preachy routine posts or episodes or podcast things like what do you mean by that
2: yeah i feel like everybody everybody wants to know like pick your favorite guru everybody wants to know what their routine is what they do every morning and every night and i hate to be a guru so i don't want to be a guru i don't want to be preachy i was listening to tim ferris's podcast the other day which is great with seth godin and Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss asked everybody, what's your daily routine? And Seth declined to answer because he said, This reminds me of the question that I hate the most, which is is a, is a type of question people will say, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald, what type of pencil do you use? Because I'm an aspiring writer and I want to use the same type of pencil. And the pencil is not what makes F. Scott Fitzgerald a great writer. Clearly he's just a great writer. So you can't replicate that by using the same type of pencil. So we're doing this episode. I hope this is helpful to some people, but I don't want it to sound preachy. And I I think we're also gonna talk a little bit not only about the positive routines that we have, because it's very easy to go, Oh yeah, I'm so put together, you know, I have a great routine. But we were talking and we also have some negative routines that You know, we realize that we're doing and sometimes it helps put a name on those because then you can replace them with a positive routine. So if you're listening, this should not be a preachy episode. We're going to try to be pretty honest and two beers in. We probably will be. So, yeah,
1: well, I think the interesting thing is There's not a whole lot of overlap between all of the best practices that you know and what your routine actually looks like. So I think like the the problem is you default to saying, well, you know, you got to wake up and crush the first 15 minutes and go for a run and not check your email and no caffeine and all these things. Right. And then when you get down to it, it's like, well, I don't actually do any of those things. You know, that's just what you should do. And the whole do as I say, not as I do thing. So maybe this will be uh, you can be successful even if you're a
0: total idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like us. Like us, exactly. <laughs> Accidental success. Yeah. So Zach, why don't, will you kick us off maybe talking about what your routine looks like on a daily basis? Maybe just a super high level, what it looks like, and we can all go around and do that. And then we can talk about our best aspects and our worst aspects too after that.
1: Sure. You know, I'll start with the things that I do right. And that starts the night before, which is I always get eight and a half hours of sleep. And my my secret is I set a countdown timer for somewhere between eight and a half and nine hours.
0: You don't optimize for wake up at seven. You optimize for, if you go to bed at one, you're not getting up until 930. That's right.
1: Yep. I mean, ideally, it's hard for me to sleep past, you know, when the sun comes up and gets super bright out, like probably around 730 or eight o'clock is as, as late as I can sleep. So I try and get to bed early. But for me, like it all starts with like, I can't say... I'm going to get up early because if I go to bed at one, you know, without eight hours of sleep, it's a total waste for me. So I optimize on trying to go to bed early. I wake up, I do caffeine, I do a half-calf coffee. You know, I tried to quit coffee and it didn't stick, so I do the half-calf. I eat breakfast outside, which helps me get a little bit of sunlight. But then, you know, past that, the rest of my morning is sort of guided by the inbox, get as much work done as I can. I eat breakfast every day as uh, another thing I do. And then I try and crank as much until lunch. And so I get lunch around 145 or two every day. And then from there, I'm usually reading a book for an hour or two and then going for a run.
0: Nice. So for me, I've got one that's been working out a, a little bit better the last six weeks. Again, this is not like the end all be all I've done for 20 years, but it's been... It's worked well after a lot of experimentation. So I usually get up about six forty-five, go down, get some coffee, full decaf, and I'll work at home from about seven to eight o'clock. And I like to do in that period stuff to just start get going for the day. I'll write like three things down that I'm really thankful for and kind of journal really quickly. And then I'll get into checking the community, kind of engaging there, prioritizing my email if there's anything that's important that's come in. Eight to nine, I'll usually hang out with my girls. Uh, They get up, we have breakfast, then I'll bike into my office. And then there usually that's when I start like my three hour block of trying to get like really important things done. So my phone automatically is scheduled to go to do not disturb unless it's Annie. Annie, I love you. You always come through. (laughs) Um, And uh, so then I I try to, I'll, I'll sit down, I pray for like three or four minutes, and then I just start something that I had prioritized the night before to work on trying to be really kind of those non-urgent but important things.
2: Knocking out like the first three important things before the day can mess you up.
0: Exactly. Yep. And so, and then I'll do that for three hours, break around 1230, go grab a quick half hour lunch somewhere downtown and then come back. And that's the afternoons where I do everything that's reactive. So calls, team meetings, I check email. And then if I have, I have kind of, uh, you know, all of those kind of secondary things that you have to do, but for me, my creative, my most focused time is in the morning. So I'll do that till about three, three-ish or so. I lose steam really quickly after three o'clock. So at the end of the day, I'll make a prioritized list of what I want to do the next day. And I'll quit and either read, go play basketball, go biking. And I'm usually home by about five o'clock.
2: So you're done in the office at three? Uh, three, three-thirty-ish, yeah. Yep. Usually most days.
1: You know, when I was growing up, my dad is a two finger typer and we had those old clicky keyboards. And so sometimes I would be, you know, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he'll, you know, answer emails in all caps for a couple hours. And <laughs> so, you know, I could always tell when my dad was typing emails because you could hear it from the second floor of my house when my door closed and the door closed to the room with the computers. So he was a pretty aggressive typer and been a long time since I've heard anyone like that. And I can tell when you're working, <laughs> because you are. You're a because instead, you are. Of, instead of two fingers, it's about 150 <laughs> words a minute. And it is intense over there. I mean, it's something like you feel like, you know, when someone's really hungry and they're eating, you don't want to get your hand in there or they might, you know, take a bite out of it. It's kind of Andrew and work. It so is. I he's think like, it. I'm not he's surprised that. by three o'clock you're burnt
0: out.
2: He's got the headphones in and he's zoom. His fingers are blur and you better not jump in. You better
0: not mess with them. There was one point I was working and I saw Bill look up at me and I kind of pulled the hand out and I was like, Bill, am I being really loud typing? He's like, no, you're fine. <laughs> no, it's, fine. I'm, it's sure, fine. I'm pretty sure he was lying. And then I got up and moved across the <laughs> room. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bill, so what is your, your kind of daily routine? Like? Uh,
2: so my daily routine, I really like, Zach, part of mine was actually taken from yours. When you talk about sleeping, sleep has always been very important to me too. I need, if I don't get eight hours, I'm non-functional. Seven hours, I'm really t- struggling and under seven, I'm in deep trouble. So when I first met you, you told me about your timer. You set a timer instead of an alarm. And I started doing that too. And that is the single, it's great for me because I get all the sleep. But when you tell that to other people who are not, entrepreneurs, their head explodes. And it's a single, they're like, you don't send a lot, like you just set a timer and you get eight hours every night. And I'm like, yeah, well, well yeah. And they're like, Pow! you know, their brain's blow. Like they don't get it. And they're like, wow, I need to start a company. So I do that too. I take a eight hour and 15 minute timer every night.
1: Speaking of the robot stuff that you brought up earlier, which is, you know, generally described as extremely logical, lack of empathy, you know, rigid rules. So my girlfriend has set a rule for me. There's a whole bucket of things like I'm not supposed to talk about, you know, (laughs) in events with non-entrepreneurs. And one of those things is the countdown timer. So she's like,
0: you know, if you're around a bunch of, you know,
1: young professionals, like
0: that's not. Don't tell them that you set a timer (laughs) to share. Is it because you come across strangely or people are jealous or why? I think
1: it's interesting. Well, I think what she says is, look, you don't realize that the majority of the world moves around sleep deprived all the time. And so when you're like, Well, I have a solution for that. You know, I just set a countdown timer because I can get in, you know, at 730 in the morning or 1030 in the morning you know, great for me, it's usually pretty early. You know, I, I I do like to get up fairly early, although, you know, I'm usually out of bed after my girlfriend heads to work in the morning. So I don't know. I just think it it causes some animosity because you're, you're in the 1% of sleep. And so I
2: think it causes some animosity. You're rubbing in people's faces a little bit. Yes. It is like the one thing that summarizes what it's like to be an e-commerce entrepreneur is I set a timer, not an alarm. Yep. I've gotten less I've had to give up a little bit of my timer centric. I've moved a little bit more towards alarms now that I have employees because I have seven employees. And if I don't show up and I'm not there, they're kind of looking around like, hey, what the heck are you doing? So I typically, you know, I'm trying to be in bed by 11 and I get my eight hours. I wake up seven or eight, you know, somewhere in there, depending on when I get in bed. And then for me, the one thing when you talk about negative routines, this is something I do every day that I'm trying desperately to break myself of. You but check I my Facebook page. Every I can't day. do it. I check Andrew's <laughs> Facebook page first thing in the I morning. I see you. Like, oh, it's uh, but I like, a But I roll over and I grab my phone off my bedside table. And I check Instagram. I check Facebook. I hop on Twitter. You know, I read some articles. And before I know it, I've wasted 30 to 45 minutes in bed on my iPhone. And so now I might have set my alarm for 730, but now it's 815. I haven't accomplished anything. It's not like I'm responding to emails. I'm just totally, I'm immediately starting the day with 45 minutes of time waster. And it kills me. And so, and it's so hard to quit. And I expect a lot of listeners are probably going to recognize this. And this was the thing that I realized when we were talking before this episode about what our routines were. This is a negative routine that I have, is that every morning when I wake up, I waste 45 minutes in bed on my phone. And I realized that the way to fix that was to buy an alarm clock. And then I can charge my phone across the room and then I have to get out of bed. And I have more than once gone on Amazon, added an alarm clock to my cart and been unable to buy it because I'm scared to give up. I'm so addicted to that in the morning. And so I need to like right after this podcast, go ahead and buy the alarm clock and do it. But it's amazing how
0: entrenched these negative routines can be. Like I don't want to let it go. So let me say a question. So, you know, this is important. Is it something you want to do by the end of the day? is what? Buy an alarm clock. Oh yes, definitely. So to make sure you do that, will you give Zach and both myself a hundred dollars by the end of the day, if you don't buy an alarm clock on Amazon by the midnight tonight? Absolutely. Perfect. Yes, I will buy an alarm clock as soon as we finish recording this. Okay. Zach, make sure not to remind him. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but I, but it was actually
2: really enlightening to me because I said, "Wow, that really is a negative routine." And I've kind of known that, but to put the word "negative routine" on it today, when we were talking, it has been really helpful to me to say, "This is something I need to stop doing," and I can replace it, make an environmental change that's going to make it easy to short circuit that
0: negative routine. There's, I had, i was telling you guys, a similar one for me. After lunch, I get, I have a huge sugar tooth, and so I'd get. I'd get a craving and go buy a bunch of candy. And there's this fantastic candy shop right by my office. And for a while, I'd just go and buy a bunch of candy, gobble it down, come back, and just would make me... Ugh, I, it would not be a great way to kick off the rest of the afternoon. You know, for health reasons, but also for just kind of... You just kind of sag. So I bought a, a small can of Altoids where I could get a tiny little... A tiny... Replace a lot of that sugar with just a small little hit. And it helped a lot. You were talking... You've read The Power of Habit, right, Zach? Yep. And I read it too, and I can't remember very much of what I think you're probably gonna be able to summarize some of the key takeaways better than I can, because you're a better robot than I am. (laughs) But uh, do you remember what he said? Because he said a lot of times, if you want to create a habit or change a habit, there's kind of two or three steps to identify the trigger, to be able to figure out really what the root cause is and, and be able to... I'm not... Focalizing it well. Do you remember how what he advised on how to change a habit, especially a bad one, to be something better?
1: Yeah. So you know, Power of Habit is one of those books. I think you can read the first twenty five percent of and get a whole lot out of. And what he talks about is changing. Straight up changing a habit is really hard. So you know, like Bill was talking about with with negative routines, everything is routine. And the one you know, I. Talked about yesterday was like it, it just so happens that pretty much everybody brushes their teeth in the same quadrant order every day. So it's like a habit that you don't even know about, a routine you don't even know about that you have. You know, it's neither good nor bad. It's just, it just shows you the power of, of stickiness of a habit. So what he says, he gives the example of someone who bites their nails. So what they did is they did a study and they said, What is the leading indicator that you're about to bite your nails? You know, what is the, the trigger that you feel? And what it was was a tingling in their fingertips. So, you know, they feel a tingling in their fingertips, then they bite their nails and the reward is the tingling goes away. So what he says is the easiest thing to do, you can't stop the trigger from happening. What you can do is is change the routine, which gets you the same reward. So in the example of of biting your fingernails, what they do is they feel the tingling, they wrap their knuckles on the table, and then the reward then is the same thing, the tingling in the fingertips goes away. So for me, you know, the way I, I implemented that, which doesn't work forever, but it works for a little bit, is like, for example, I deleted the, the Facebook app off my phone and I put the Kindle app there instead. In the same location. In the screen. same location. And so now I'm already trained. Like the trigger is I'm bored. The routine is I click on the Facebook. I click on the Kindle app. And the reward is that I get some relief from my boredom. And so even if I can't get myself to do 20 minutes of reading where I would have clicked around 20 minutes of Facebook, it's at least an indicator to me that, Hey, I'm probably
0: not that engaged in the work that I'm doing right now. And I might want to go do something else. Interesting. Yeah. Bill, I have the same problem with the phones as you do, except at night,
2: you Mm -hmm. know, like
0: trying to get to bed early because I don't do the timer thing for me. I like getting up and being working by seven because that's the most productive time of the day. And so, you know, if I push that back, that means I'm I, I don't get that back in the afternoon because I don't recover like that. But yeah, there'll be a lot of times I'll spend half like last night. It was terrible. Part of it was that we had great discussion and I was on stuff, but and I couldn't sleep. But I mean, I wasted probably half an hour on my phone just mm-hmm. looking at ridiculously ridiculous stuff.
2: And at the end of it, you would have rather had
0: half an hour of sleep. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's a that's a really tough one.
2: Yeah. That's that urge. Like you were talking about, Zach, you feel like you're bored. I read an article a couple of years ago that said that is your brain telling you you need a break. And so instead of taking like a half break where you surf the internet and Facebook and the end of your break, you don't really feel relaxed and you're like, well, crap, I've wasted 30 minutes of break time in quotes, right? Surfing the web and reading pointless stuff and Facebook. What you should do is when you feel that urge, stand up and go for a walk or stop and go play video games for half an hour, like take an actual break. And then you can actually get back to work instead of taking these mini half-ass breaks throughout the whole day, which is what I've tried to do now. When I feel that itch, you know, go for a walk or like I go back in the warehouse and help them pack boxes or whatever it might be. I take an actual break for a mental break from my work.
0: So what do you guys think is the best? We're talking about some of our you know our routines, some of our bad habits. What do you think is the best habit you've developed personally? Let me start with Zach.
1: <sighs> yeah, you know. A few years ago, I was pulling into my garage and or pulling into my driveway and I pulled into the driveway and I had this great idea. And I was like, as soon as I get inside, I'm going to write that down. So I walked in, I walked up to my door and I go to unlock the door and I put the key in the lock and I turned the key and I like realized it was gone, gone Uh and never coming back. Whatever that was, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was my billion dollar idea or maybe it was nothing. But from that point on, I started recording everything. So I record every thought that I have in like turn- a like a voice note. Uh, no, I do it in reminders on my iPhone. So pretty pretty simple. Over time, I move those into Scrivener if it's something I want to write about. I move it into Workflowy if it's something I want to remember long-term, but I don't have need for now. But I put it into lists. So for example, it might be, I have a list called business ideas to give away. And and many of them are stupid. Like I told you guys this morning, world's smallest toaster. <laughs> you know, but, but the point is, is that I've heard it described as, it's sort of like a loose electron that Bounces around in your head and you have to keep track of that. And if you could put it into a, an external source, it works like an external hard drive where that doesn't take up free space anymore. And I, I do think that writing things down makes you more creative. The only thing, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, the only thing that's not honest about this is I only write down good things. So I don't write down negative self thoughts, which I've heard is the number one way to get rid of negative self thoughts is to write them down. Because once you write them down, you have an outlet for it. And now your brain doesn't need to keep you know kicking around. Hey, you know my hair looks stupid last week, or I can't believe uh, you know I made such a bad decision, or or posted that you know angry rant on the forum or whatever it might be.
0: Yep. You're, you're pretty notorious for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you need to chat about. i worse in person. <laughs>
2: No, what about you, the best, best habit? The best habit I have, which is for me a weird version of maybe a good habit that a lot of people have, but for me the best habit I have that I've developed is every morning I take a 15 to 20 minute shower. So as soon as I finish my horrible routine of wasting a bunch of time on my phone, the next thing I do is I get up and I take a shower and my showers are always 20 minutes. I'm in the shower until the hot water runs out. My girlfriend thinks I'm nuts, but I'm always in there and for me, it's meditative Like I'm in there and I'm thinking about the day. I'm organizing my thoughts. I kind of let my mind go blank. And I've been doing this since high school. I've been doing this my entire life. And I never miss a day. Like I can't, if I don't get my shower, I feel like I'm off the whole day. And I've realized that it's much more like meditation. I didn't realize that till a year or two ago. That's my meditative time. You know, a lot of people will talk about doing meditation in the morning when you get up. But for me, I do it in the shower. I take a really long shower and my hmm. water bill is crazy. Um, but, you know, I'll come out of the shower and I even have you speak of writing things down, Zach. I have a little pad of waterproof paper in my shower with a pencil You got
0: kid. Yeah, cool. that you can
2: write down ideas and it's unaffected by the water. So I'll write things down in the shower on this little waterproof pad. I got it on Amazon. It was like three dollars or something. But that's the time for me. I step out of the shower and I'm like energized. I'm like ready to go. And I've realized now that a lot of people do meditation. You know, we're we're also here with Will Nathan, one of the founders of Home Polish and Will. It was crazy. We we're all sitting around this morning and I look over on the couch and Will looks like he's been tranquilized, like his like mouth is hanging open. He's just sitting there on the well, couch.
1: You got to set this up. He, he starts <laughs> off by saying, I'm going to meditate if anyone wants to join. And so, of course, you think like Will's about to leave the room and go into a separate room and meditate. And 30 seconds later, Will is catatonic.
2: Catatonic, oh, like, It's slack the jars, like well, the, the conversation is continuing. He's sitting there like a zombie, catatonic for 20 solid minutes. And his alarm goes off and he's like, hey guys, I'm back. And I was like, holy crap, that was really impressive. But he says he gets a huge benefit from meditating every day. And I realized that I'm getting the same benefit from taking that regular shower every single morning for 15 to 20 minutes, that's my meditation time. Uh, So even if, you know, for a listener, if it's not a shower, I also get it from driving, like highway driving. Like if I have a good three hour drive on a highway, I feel like I get a huge cognitive benefit. I can think deeply about things that I'm mm-hmm. not able to. So, carving out some time, I think, to meditate or somehow think is, is my best habit. I do it in the shower.
1: I'm going to throw you under the bus because the first time we talked about meditation, I first discovered it this app called Headspace, which I wish I could do every day, but it's sort of one of those streaky things I do for a few days at a time in a row. And then three months goes by and I've forgotten about it. And I say, Bill, what do you think about meditation? And Bill goes, You know, I play video games. I don't think I need that.
2: Right. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is I tried Headspace uh, and I made it through the whole like first thing and I was like, that's good. Like it was nice, but I didn't feel like I needed it. But now I've recognized that I've been doing it all along and I had never put the meditation tag on it. That's Um, awesome. And that's maybe why I didn't feel like I needed it because I've already been doing it for my entire life and didn't realize the whole time that I was
0: meditating, I guess. That's crazy. So that's my good habit. I think think mine is probably... I'd say 80 to 90% of the days when I wake up, I have a list that I've written the night before of what I want to do for that day. Because for me, like morning is really important and momentum is really important. If I if I can nail the first hour or two of the day and build up some speed and some momentum, it just catapults me throughout the rest of the day. And I it, I feed off of that. And vice versa, if I start, I get up in the morning and I'm not doing anything or right, I'm not making progress, that also kind of tailspin and the whole day is lost. Mm -hmm. So I think if I had to say one thing that has been really helpful is I'm pretty, pretty religious about the end of most days going through and saying, okay, here's tomorrow. Here are my priorities. Here's what, when I wake up and turn on the laptop, I want to be starting immediately. Cause I don't have to have any kind of cognitive load in the morning when I'm already a little bit, you know, trying to ramp up, trying to prioritize. I can do it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's been super helpful. And the other thing too, is I think going through as an extension of that, Like you were you were laughing at me earlier today because my to-do list, it's not like some app or in a sauna or something. It's just like, it's just a Google doc. It's a Word document. It's a Word document, right? But it works really well for me because I have three sections. I have what I want to do in the next day that I'm working. The next section is like the prioritized, what are the big important things I want to do in that three hour block every day? And those are things that aren't urgent, but are important. And probably once every week or two, I'll go through and reevaluate what needs to be at the top of that. And then housekeeping is at the bottom. So in the afternoon or on Fridays, when I allocate to trying to really get some of that little stuff done that you have to do, I don't have to, for example, break up my three hour important block with calling the sprinkler company and saying, come blow out my sprinklers. I can do that. And a dozen other things that have to get done on Fridays and just Mm -hmm. bam, 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 bam. But it doesn't disrupt my flow.
2: Yep. So you're pretty good at prioritizing your important things versus your trivia.
0: Yeah, I think so. Let me ask you guys this. So I put
1: a lot of these things into a category of habits that I call cheating because a lot of people have always done them. So you, you get someone, you know, who has been a fitness freak since they were 14 and they work out every day and it's like, well, all you need to do is work out every day. It's like, well, that's nice. You've always done that. You know, it's more of a nature thing than a nurture thing, or at least it's a habit you've inherited from your younger self. So to me, the more interesting ones are like, what is something that you've changed in the last year, six months, two years that you've gone from not doing to doing that is probably against your nature. And what I put into that category is something that's like 10 or 20% uncomfortable to do every day, because I think that's what's, what's helpful for a lot of people is not the thing that, you know, Hey, I happen to write every day cause I'm a good writer and I love writing every day. It's the thing that this, this used
2: to be impossible for me and now it's easy or now it's routine at least. You know what? That thing for me is going into the office. Because I used to, when I started my company, it was just me. And, you know, when we lived together in that apartment building in Boulder, you know, we both worked from home. I, you know, I could go for three days without seeing anybody else if I wanted to. And, it, you know, my work fused with my play. And, you know, I was sometimes working at 11 at night. And I, you know, was sometimes playing at, you know, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And it was totally fluid. And I thought, this is great. This is the four-hour workweek lifestyle. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. It's fantastic. And then when I moved to Charlotte and we got the warehouse and I, you know, we start growing and I'm hiring employees and the employees are only there from nine to five, which means if I want to work with them, I need to be there nine to five. And if I don't want them to think I'm a bum, I need to be there nine to five. So now I go in the office. I typically get in, you know, nine thirty ish and I leave around six thirty ish. And when I moved into my house in Charlotte, I built out this gorgeous home office, you know, with double monitors. And I was like, I'm gonna spend a lot of time in here, you know, cause this is what I do I work from home, you know, maybe I'll go to the office sometimes I never use it. So now it was very uncomfortable for me at first to go into the office every day at nine, nine 30, do work solid and then leave at six. But now it is the best thing in the world. I crank it out for eight hours and I come home and I don't do anything after six and it was really uncomfortable and that was something i forced myself to do and now is a really good habit which sounds hilarious as we sit here and we go yes yeah, going to work from nine to five it's <laughs> a great,
0: it's a great <laughs> habit to implement you're <laughs> a hero i just <laughs> but for an entrepreneur you know it's not yeah. always obvious sure so i think that's an interesting question i to play a little little devil's advocate here and so would say Is that necessarily the approach you want to take? Like, do you want to take, and maybe in a few cases there are, but I'd say as opposed to maybe trying to make yourself do things that aren't naturally in your kind of wheelhouse or with with how you operate, should you try to figure out how to accomplish the same thing with things that are easier for you to do? For example, like waking up, starting the year, I wanted to be waking up at 6.15 and working by 6.15 every day. And I did that for like two months. And it worked all right, but I was groggy. And really the first, you know, 40 minutes of my day, I was still trying to recover. For whatever reason, I I did it and I was able to do it. But they were subproductive times. And I flaked out after probably two and a half months of doing that. And this newer schedule, when I start at, I kind of recognize like, hey, I'm not really a 6.15 a.m. guy. That's too early for me. But seven, that's perfect. That's the time where it's still a little bit of a push to make sure I'm out of bed and working by seven. But once I'm there, I'm able to operate much more efficiently. So, yeah, maybe this is a cop-out and I'm just lazy and I can't think of anything <laughs> that that I do. But that is, for me, it's been easier to fit, really kind of listen to what works better with your, with how you operate and try to mold the important things into that versus making yourself go to the gym when you're not really a gym guy. Like,
2: don't fight your nature completely. Don't try to turn yourself into someone you're not. Yeah. Just go a little bit in the right direction. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes, I'm the same way. I'm yeah. not a morning person. And it's funny, 7 a.m. is the target I'm shooting for over the next six months, too. Is it? Nice. Because my alarm typically goes off at 8 right now, because I typically go to bed at midnight, so I get my eight hours. And I want to move to bed at 11, wake up, like, out of bed at 7 with no wasting time on the phone. Mm-hmm. That's my goal for the next six months. So we're right right in line on that. Nice. I don't know. I mean, I look
1: at you, if we're going to say there's three of us here and and it's good, better, best in terms of routine, you're the best, Andrew. There's no question there. That's it's true. T- toss up between me, Bill and I in terms of good or better or... Andrew's like
0: way up <laughs> yeah, here and you and I are like way down the ladder. <laughs> well, how do how you say that though? Like I, I was up, you guys were both up before I was this morning. This morning. Mm, yeah, yeah. Th-
1: this morning. But what the difference is, the difference is the, the furious typing storm and the tractor (laughs) the tractor beam that goes on between you and your computer. And I can tell, you know, you you could tell it by like, there's background noise, there's chit chat, and there's just like a mag in the background. And there's a magnetism between you and your computer. So I think that you are able to execute for very long periods of time. And I look like you're a hard worker. I don't want to say this is easy for you, but I think that's your nature. So for me, like I look at routines as you know, the one way to say it is I'm proof that you can have a bad routine and still have some measure of societal success. But what I also realized is that I can be successful by by relative standards, but not feel successful if I don't have a good routine. And so each thing that I add to my routine, like there's, I read this quote that said something along the lines of an empty day is like a noose that tightens around your neck when you're sitting in bed at night. And for me, like, you know, the more I have good habits and routines during the day, the better I feel about what I've accomplished at night. So it's not so much about, you know, how much money I earn or business or whatever it might be. It's more about how much I feel like I'm pushing. my own boundaries and being able to improve potential. And I could say today, the only habit that I have, which I call something I've done almost every day or every other day for a year is running. And so running is my best habit that I do every day. And past that, I I would say I still am guided by inbox. I wake up and check my email. I check my email at night. I use Twitter a lot, things like that. But I think adding more things like running
2: will be how I feel best about how I'm living my life. You can feel like you won the day at the end of the day. Yeah. And it goes a long way. Like the fact that you went for a run and if you did your meditation in a day, you can feel like I won the day, even if the whole rest of the day was a loss. Yeah.
1: it well, it's like that general who says, make your bed in the morning. Cause at least, you know, on the day that your dog dies and your car breaks down and you know, you get fired, at least you've. Made the bed, you, right. know, you made a, the bed, and you right. come home at night to a made bed. Right. Yeah. I don't make my bed. I don't either. <laughs> so it's you know, <laughs> but it's, it's it's harder than it looks. Is a problem, and I think like the the whole you know, sick joke is that you are attracted to the routines that are bad for you as opposed to you're attracted to the routines that are good for you. So, you know, like you talk about your sugar habit, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, or, or, or me with checking Twitter first thing in the morning or bill with, you know, whatever it might be. So I think that's, that's the hard part. And and it's not about having the perfect day, but it's like, how can I make my day
0: a couple percent better? You know, maybe, maybe not every day, but maybe every other day. So getting close to to wrapping up here, but maybe in closing, anything that I mean, strategies or maybe thoughts on techniques that you can, that we can maybe share with people to think about how they can structure a better routine or maybe get into a better routine. Like for example, Zach, you had one talking about the, you know, the three days per week versus the every day, maybe dive into that just a tiny bit here in the closing.
1: What I used to do is say when I wanted to get in shape and I used to work out for six months at a time and then a long time would go by without going at all. You know, you wake up a year and you say, I haven't been to the gym in a year. What happened? problem was I used to say, I want to work out three days a week. So on Sunday I'd wake up and I say, I have the whole week in front of me, seven days, you know, what's the rush Monday? Well, you know, maybe the pressure's starting to build and Tuesday, all right, actually get to the gym, but then I'm too sore Wednesday to go again. And so it sort of gets to be this really slippery slope and maybe get two days in something like that. And then it's just not a very easy to schedule. Cause for me, for me, I like rules. So it's very easy for me to follow very specific rules. So what I realized what works for me is, is every other day, because now I wake up and it's binary today is an on day or an off day. Spoken like a true robot. (laughs) (laughs) So if yesterday was an on day, today's an off day. And if yesterday was an off day, today's an on day. And once you find yourself doing every other day of something, which is how I started out running, it's really easy to switch to every day. And then you only take time off when you need. And I think like for me, at least that's the key. Not everybody works the same way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think the key is to change one thing. You know, a lot of people will go, oh, my God, my routine is awful. Let me sit down and design a new routine and they'll get out the color pencils and the calendar and they'll block it all off. And then you'll fail because you can't just change your life on a dime. So I think the takeaway for a lot of people should say, examine my life. If I have a negative routine, what steps can I do to get rid of that? Like I'm gonna go buy an alarm clock today, right after we stop doing this, and that's a step I can take to eliminate my negative routine. And do that until not having the negative routine is part of your routine. Until it's actually effortless to not have that negative routine. And then you can take another step. Or if you don't have any negative routines, if you're some sort of Superman, then you can say, what kind of positive routine? What's the most important thing for me to add and add that one thing and then do that one thing religiously until that one thing is your routine and you don't even think about it. And then you can add another thing. If you try to change your life all at once, you're, you're going to fail. There's just no way.
1: I love that because, you know, there's the whole concept. That was popular 400 years ago about alchemy which is how can I turn lead into gold and I forget who it was it was either sir Isaac Newton or or Halley who said who who dedicated their life to trying to figure out alchemy and so they you know read all these books and they did all these experiments trying to figure it out it's like you're one of the smartest people who ever lived. If you just became a gold miner, you would be a billionaire. You know? <laughs> and so it's not it's not about finding the silver bullet. It's about chipping away a little bit day by day and figuring it out. So I think there are no silver bullets. And if you look for that,
2: you know, you're going to die a poor man. There's no perfect routine. Just find a way to make your routine 10% better.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think the reason why I get so invested in routine is because it's easy to think, well, I think people know this, but really owning this and understanding it is at a different level that, success or failure doesn't come by like big pushes for for a month here or there almost more often than not like when you see someone who's really successful or done something impressive it's because they did little things consistently every day over years and years and years. And it's like, again, maybe this is a cliche and people know it, but what you are is the summation of all the little habits you build up. And if you can build that up and you can win a day after day after day, like you just make so much progress. That's the way to get ahead. And so it's, that's why I love routines so much is because if you can win with a routine, that's it. I mean, it's you're not winning with building a company. You win with a company by building a great routine, I feel like.
2: Yeah. So. I think long-term, large scale success is the compound interest of winning every day. yes
0: yeah. yeah absolutely great boys is awesome zach Cantor, if you're not following him on twitter uh it's at zach Cantor. that's zach with a k correct z-a-c-k z-a-c-k Cantor on twitter tons of great stuff and of course bill d'alessandro from elements brands at bill da as well We're gonna have one more, uh, one more episode here from Fripp, Fripp Island, uh, talking about Amazon. So next week, tune in. We're gonna be discussing what Amazon is gonna be doing with shipping. Are they gonna buy FedEx? Are they gonna take them over? We've got a couple different viewpoints here. I'm gonna be moderating this one and letting uh, Bill and Zach just at each other's throats. So (laughs) it should be fun. Always fun. (laughs) Yeah, boys. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks thanks for having us. Thanks for the beer want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs join us in the e-commerce fuel private community it's our tight-knit vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales you can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com thanks so much to our podcast producer laura Serena for all of her hard work in making this show possible and to you for tuning in thank you for listening that'll do it for this week but looking forward to seeing you again next Friday.